Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. Hey, I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and you're listening to Reset. Inflation has hit everything, from the cost of rent to avocados. We are all paying way more than we used to these days. And the same goes for childcare. Parents out there know what I'm talking about. Childcare, which is generally pretty costly, is just getting higher and higher. WBEZ editor Cassie Walker-Burke recently spoke with Jamila Wilson, who runs a childcare center in her home on Chicago's west side. Doris Milton, who works at a childcare center, and State Senator Christina Passione Zayas about what needs to change in the childcare industry. Cassie's going to take it from here. Senator, let's start with you. The cost of childcare in Illinois is an issue you have spoken strongly about. Why? And why do you hear from your folks in your district about the role of childcare, the cost, and the availability? The cost is just out the roof, I guess you can say. In many cases, um, if you don't qualify as a household for um, subsidies to be able to reduce the cost, you may be paying, you know, twice the cost of your housing expense. I, I always joke, like, I'm paying my mortgage twice when I had um, both of my kids in um, early childhood programs and, you know, my family didn't qualify for any kind of subsidies. So it becomes out of reach and it then starts to impose on your ability to take care of other basic needs and necessities. And so when you think about, you know, constituents, I not only think about the cost of childcare in terms of, you know, what families are contributing or not able to contribute. Um, in my district that I represent, you know, we have a range of um, household, you know, economic statuses. But I also think about it from the standpoint of the workforce and how they're not getting paid what they merit and the contributions that they're making to our society. So the cost piece, it's either the families are paying for it or the providers are paying for it or the workforce is actually having to discount their ability to earn so that we can make the system, quote unquote, work. You know, a study earlier this year showed that for some parents, the average cost of childcare in Illinois actually exceeds the annual tuition for most of the state's public universities. Jamila, help us understand why it's so expensive. Well, my personal opinion about why childcare is expensive is because as providers, caregivers, and educators, we are building young minds. We're nurturing and caring for our precious beings. And in order to do so, we have to be able to provide the quality care and services needed by the families that we serve and to keep up with our professional development for ourselves and the state mandate, which provide many programs have that we keep you know, our professional development at a higher level than most. However, parents are experiencing expensive child care rates. We're not seeing that on our side. Wages for childcare providers remain very, very low, forcing more and more of us to leave the field. And it's not really appealing to a new generation of providers and educators. You know, when people hear childcare, Doris, they may think about babysitting. And this was the point the senator brought up. But at a good childcare, learning is happening, and it's happening everywhere. Tell us about what those moments look like in your center. 
Well, you know, I remember when I, w I used to hear all the time about people say, oh, so you just playing with kids all day. I know they just look lovely. I know you, you must love them dearly, but we're not babysitters. Babysitters make sure your kid is fed. They make sure they bathe sometime and that they are entertained. But we as teachers, we planning and we are organizing daily, weekly and monthly activities throughout the year for these children. We are trained educators. We pay, we have we have the ability to guide children into good intellectual development, emotional development, physical, we deal with their language and literacy skills all around to make them a complete person. We do all of that. And then we work with the families. We have to go through our CPR training every year. We do mandated reporting. We do so much for the children and their families. And yet, we are not appreciated for the things that we do. We overworked. Now we're understaffed. So many of my uh, friends that came in the field with me, I'm 43 years in, have left, not because they stopped loving what they do, but because they need to make a livable wage. Anytime you can leave a field where you've been working for 20 and 30 some years and go to Walmart and make $20 and you're not even making $20, now that's a problem. Doris, a series of studies over the past years in Illinois have provided those figures that $13 an hour averages for childcare salaries, one in five childcare workers living below the poverty line, high turnover. Have you seen that broadly in the industry? And what has your own experience been? It's been really difficult when I started out in 79. Rent and everything paying just three and $400 for rent was nothing when I first started out. You could do something with the little money that you made. But down as the years go on, and everything is getting higher and higher, higher rent from 300 1300 now, and then you got all your insurances, and then you got your medical coming out, and you got your dental coming out, and you got your vision coming out. And all of this is coming out of income that has not increased. But your workload has increased. You got the state and every other funding source that you got, got guidelines of things they want you to do. And everything just building up, building up. You stressed out. You don't want to leave the field, so you take on a part-time job. So then you're really tired. And you have to get up every day, freshen your mind, because you're going in there to those young children who deserve the very best that you have. And you're giving them all that you got, and you're doing this on a daily basis. It starts to wear you down. So I see at my center alone, we 12 staff members short. Then when they bring people in and they're giving them mental ways, they untrained. They don't know what to do in the classroom. And then there you are. Now you got to try to tell them what to do, tend to the kids. And so many of them once started out with me has left this field. And now they're doing Uber Eats. They're doing DoorDash. And they're making more money than they was making on the job. That's not right. That should never be. Parents feel that turnover, too, when you see the, the teachers change in your classroom. And it, it does affect the children. And it is such an important point they that you're making. Acting out. They start acting out. And it's just stressful for the family. It's stressful for the kids. It's stressful for the workers. Jamila, you've run a child care business for more than a decade 
Has it gotten easier or harder to make your business work? Um, it has. Um, however, um, I understand what Doris is saying. However, I have my, I'm at a smaller facility. Um, it's myself, and I have two part-time assistants. I used to have a full-time assistant. However, I wasn't able to be competitive with her salary um, against um, local public school um, areas or another um, child care center. So I had to switch over to part-time um, staff, and then I had to de- decrease my number of children that I can care for because I wasn't able to be able to um, pull pull it through by providing quality quality services for my families and the children. So it has affected me tremendously. Um, however, I, during this time, I tried to use this time in order for me to pursue my professional development and receive my master's degree and everything while we were going through this COVID crisis and everything. And still things have not picked up. Um, I'm trying to receive more children. It's still, you know, they're out there, they're, they're wanting care, but I can't provide the services that they require because I don't have the proper staff. State Senator, you have long studied this issue. Is there anything that you're hearing today that's surprising to you? Unfortunately, no. Um, this is the reality of a fragmented um kind of uh, system that does not value what um, these amazing providers have just laid out. You know, you you have to think about, uh, it was referenced, they're brain builders, right? They are also the workforce behind the workforce. They enable families um, to be able to pursue educational goals and professional goals and work and know that their children are not just only safe, but their development is being supported. Um, And then, especially in the context of COVID, they were frontline staff. In Illinois, we did not shut down childcare. They showed up every single day. They put their own lives at risk. And, you know, the fact that we are still accepting that they get paid poverty wages, that they do not have any benefits, is just really a travesty, and it and it's an indi- indication of you know what we need to be doing to move the needle to support them, their humanity, because of what they are contributing to our society. You know, a few years ago, Illinois convened a major commission to study what has been called basically a broken economic system of childcare, and that committee recommended that Illinois spend six times more money on early education than it was spending, and that's programs for children under five. And that would move us closer to how we think about public schools and K-12 and public education. State Senator, why do you think we approach these two systems so differently the way we think about them? I think some of it is because, you know, some of the brain science and the rationale for proactive, um, preventative investments, that's more recent over the past couple decades. Um, and, you know, because of that, now we have some justification. But the, the, here's some of the challenge that was also illuminated during um, that particular uh, activity of the funding commission. Our early care and education system is actually spread out across multiple agencies, whereas K-12 is in the Illinois State Board of Education. You've got one space where you can control it. Um, And you can also supplement, you know, with the federal and local contributions. With early care and education, it's hit or miss with local contributions. We do have some federal resources 
Um, but as you mentioned, uh, we are looking at a $14 billion with a B dollar price tag if we are to get our early care and education system where it needs to be to be comprehensive, to be coordinated, to be aligned, and ultimately um, to pay the providers, the educators, the professionals the wage um, that they deserve. And I want to go back to something you said. You said brain science. And I want to make clear for people listening that what you're referring to is research that shows the very long tail of benefits for quality early education. So that could be anything from closing the gaps in reading and math to um, social acclimation for children who have had a quality preschool experience. Yeah, the point is um, with brain science, you know, we now understand that 90% of the brain is developed in the first five years of life. Therefore, early experiences matter and inform the, the human trajectory. So if we, you know, pour in the resources, um, support the relationships, the adults who are caring for uh, children, whether it's their biological parents or their guardians or the caregivers in this particular case and the early childhood professionals, um, the point is, is that we can't think of kids as like widgets, right? They are a part of a whole ecosystem of relationships. And the more um, uh, experiences that they have to explore the world, their curiosity and develop and, and build some skills, particularly those um, that we call soft skills or like executive functioning, learning how to take turns, um, how to read cues and, and uh, manage your emotions. Those are actually far better predictors of your long-term success than the actual kind of cognitive academic um, skill building. Jamila, I want to go to you and, and ask, what do you think would help stabilize this field as somebody who works in it day in and day out and has for a long time? I believe funding our current child care, our CCAP program, will help, will help us tremendously. Um, right now, our system is chronically underfunded, and it needs to be expanded. Um, currently, we have families who are a part of the program, but they have to be below the 225% federal poverty level, which is about 55000 for a family of four. So that leaves out a lot of families for the CCAP program. And, you know, we have families who are currently making more than that with the raising prices of minimum wage. So in order to meet the child care needs of the Illinois families, the state needs to increase current spending on early childhood education by 600%. Certain corporations and politicians have refused to fully fund this essential program, which I really don't understand why, because it's essential for their constituents in their area and it will help them tremendously in order to pay for child care. And, um, you know, myself and other providers, we have parents, we have um, different organizations who have collaborated together to try to get this um, terminology understood by others that child care for all is needed in the state of Illinois. Doris, we only have a few minutes, but tell us, what do you think would help stabilize the field? I agree with her. We need to have universal child care, child care for all. Um, our children's lives and family lives are at stake. I had a parent came to the program, and she was $1 over Head Start guidelines. Her kids couldn't receive the service. She had to quit her job. And this is happening too much. We need to get, get together and we need to get our lawmakers who we done elected in these offices to put our money 
and invest our dollars where it needs to be, and it needs to be in child care for all. That's all for today's Reset. Want to stay up to date on the week's top stories? Stick with this podcast. We drop new episodes into your feed every weekday afternoon and Saturdays too. And if you're already subscribed, let us know what you think by leaving a rating and review. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Thank you for listening and we'll be back with more tomorrow. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.